Lore is a podcast about the history behind scary stories. The people, places, and things of our darkest nightmares all have real facts at their core. Each episode of Lore looks into a uniquely scary tale and uncovers the truth of what's behind it. Sometimes the truth is more frightening than fiction. It's hosted by Aaron Mankey. Each episode is 15 to 25 minutes long, released bi-weekly. The website is lorepodcast.com. Welcome to episode nine of Always Listening. We are your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel, and we are always listening. You heard Josh in the intro to the show, even before our theme song this week. Uh, that was Christopher Lupo, one of our uh, favorite listeners. He's been with us for a long time now. He's sent us a lot of feedback, and he actually suggested this show. Just a couple of weeks ago, you and I were talking about doing a Halloween episode, doing something special for Halloween, and he tweeted us, said, hey, why don't you check out the Lore Podcast? It's terrifying. We didn't have a good one, so this is it. Since we're going into Listener Appreciation Month, and I'll give you another plug here, it's coming up just in, well, as a matter of fact, it'll start next week. We're going to do two reviews every week all throughout the month of November, and they're all listener-submitted shows. And what we're going to try to do is each one of those, we're going to try to have the person who submitted the show or who suggested we review that show, we're going to try to have them do the stats of the show just like Chris did for Lore. This is the Lore Podcast. Aaron Mankey is your host. It's a complicated spelling, A A R O N. M-A-H-N-K-E. I, I had to get that right. I had to double check it twice to make sure I had it right in the show notes. Yeah, anytime I see somebody who spells Aaron with two A's now, Key and Pill, the Key and Pill skit uh, with the substitute teacher is all I think about. <laughs> yeah. A-A-Ron? A-A-Ron. <laughs> so, uh, A-A-Ron Mankey is your, uh, is your host <laughs> for the Lore Podcast. And I got to tell you, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it here. Of all the shows that we've found through reviewing, and, and you and I have reviewed shows, a lot of shows that I'd never heard before we actually got ready to review them, this is my favorite one. There are shows that we've reviewed that I like better, but those shows I was listening to before we got to them. This is my favorite one that we found through the show. It's one of my top five favorites. It's not my, it's not my number one. That's still holding strong at the top for me is no such thing as a fish. So let's talk, first of all, we, we said this is hosted by Aaron Mankey, but he's the producer. He's the creator. He's the researcher. He's doing it all. Yeah. Yep. This is a, it reminded me a lot of a show that you and I have started listening to recently since we, we met the the guy behind it, Kale Ownby with Platypus, Platypus Houston. Houston. Yep. Yeah. It first of all, they've got similar styles. They both, I think, I, and I maybe I'm wrong, but I'm imagining Aaron Mackey is probably a 99% invisible and a Roman Mars fan too. He's got a lot of that delivery, and it reminds me a little bit of Roman and and 99% yeah. invisible. But now you know that show's gotten so big, you get other voices on it on a regular basis. This one. It is all about Aaron and his storytelling. So let's get right there. Let's start with host likability. That's how we break down shows. We, we discuss the host likability, production values, audio quality, and the content. What do you think of Aaron? Okay, so I'm going to be really nitpicky on this episode. One, because I I love the show. I think it's a great show. It took me three days to listen to all 18 episodes. I became a Patreon supporter. I got four bonus episodes out of it, which was great. So his writing, solid, because, you know, he has to script it all out. And as a Patreon supporter, one of the things that you get is you get the transcript of every show. Really? Which is, yeah, yeah, which is great. Uh, and then in February, he'll he'll put out a small book of all the transcripts, and you'll get that too. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it has it has all the footnotes in it, you know, the bibliography, all that stuff. So if you're in college right now, 
and you're taking a folklore class, holy crap, your paper is written for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I saw yeah. um, on the website and on, uh, I think maybe their Twitter account as well, you know, different people talking about, hey, I want to teach your podcast. I want to, I want to teach it in my English class or in my folklore class or in my, you know, um, uh, sociology class or whatever. And I, I, I do think there's, I think a lot of people are going to stumble upon this and find something that's worth sharing with their students in one way or another. It's, it's a really well done show. So you yeah. like his writing, but it, I it like his writing. Like you were about to get to a butt there. Yeah. So there is a butt and it's a very small, small butt. So sometimes, uh, and I don't know if this is in the editing process, I'm not sure if it's the writing process that causes it, but at times his delivery can become very stilted. Not It doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's noticeable. And that could simply be because I listened to 18 episodes in three days, which <laughs> is the only reason I noticed it. But I do have an example of it here. The proposed building site, it turns out, encroached on Mohegan tribe property. The Mohegan people were an offshoot of the Pequot tribe, originating in 17th century Connecticut. They have deep roots in the area, and naturally, parts of their historic past are still present today. That's a really good example of it. And you you had mentioned this as we were just talking about the show offline, and I was like, what are you talking about? No, his delivery's fine. And as soon as you... Uh, showed me that clip, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess he does do that often. It's it's something that comes up a lot. It's real small. It's real nitpicky. It doesn't really affect the show, but it happens every once in a while. Well, and especially it, it won't affect your listening to the show if you're listening to it as a regular listener. This is a, it's a bi-weekly podcast, so you're only going to get one every two weeks, uh, normally anyway. In the month of October, he actually put out one every week. But in, you know, normally... You're going to go two weeks in between here and this guy. So those little sorts of nitpicky details are not going to come to light. It's the kind of thing that happens when you listen to every episode in, in four or five yeah. days, which, by the way, I haven't listened to every episode, but I think I've only got two left of the regular shows. Now, I haven't subscribed to uh, his Patreon account yet, so I haven't gotten the bonus episodes. But it, this is a show that as soon as I started, I ended up devouring the whole thing. I think Aaron is very likable, and I, I I agree with you on the stilted delivery occasionally. But to me, it almost seems like a choice. Like he is very much no, affecting. No, a, way. no, I th I think it is. I think it's. I think he is affecting a character, and it, he believes not like um. It's not a spooky delivery. It's not a Vincent Price delivery. What it is is it's. It's his version of and, – and if you go to his website, he talks about uh, loving Unsolved Mysteries, the, the TV show Unsolved Mysteries from our childhood. Robert Stack was such a great narrator and he had such a, a specific voice and I think this is sort of his version of that. And I think it works for no, the I don't content. No, I don't think it is. I don't think – I think you're wrong. I don't think that it is because if it were, it would happen more frequently than it does. And it sounds like – and it generally happens whenever he's trying to get out very specific information. So the one – the clip that we just heard, he's talking about a certain Native American tribe and he's trying to give all this information about the tribe, what tribe they proceed from, what organization who was in charge of of uh, the conservation of the hill. So I think whenever he gets into those types of details is when it really gets – where it really gets kind of choppy, and I don't think that that's a choice. You may be right. You may be right. So let's talk about how he puts the show together. Let's discuss production values. First of all, it is really solidly edited, uh, I would say. The 
sound effects, the uh, music that he adds to the show, the whole thing really goes to that feeling of unease and it adds to the otherworldly nature of the, the creepiness topics. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's creepy. It's I li- twice. I was walking the dogs at night trying to listen to the show and I literally had to turn it off. I had to put on something else because I couldn't be outside in the dark and listen to this guy. Tell me spooky stories. So you, you didn't have a problem with the music being underneath the entire episode. I, I, th- I thought, no, I didn't at all. As a matter of fact, I, again, I think it adds to it. And if you go back and you watch like an Unsolved Mysteries, it, the whole thing scored. You know, the whole time that Robert Stack is telling you about this uh, perfect couple and how they never suspected that their life was about to take a turn for the worst. There, you know, there's, there's always music under that. And, and-, yeah, and I think if you're going to, I think if you're going to do it, because I wasn't at, at first, I really wasn't sure about it. But I think if you're going to score the whole show, I mean, if you're going to score the show, you score the whole show. You have to. Except every once in a while, the music will kind of end. And sometimes it ended perfectly for a, a dramatic effect and kind of kind of added that extra weight whenever he, he put, you know, a fine point on something. But then sometimes it 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 would run out too soon or he'd make the fine point and the the song wouldn't cut out until after the point was made so there's a little inconsistent again i'm being look i told i'm being extremely extremely nitpicky about this stuff uh, but again this is something you and i talked about off the air you almost have to try to find those nitpicks just because otherwise this would be 30 or 40 minutes of us slobbering on this show like that's you, true we both that's really true. really enjoyed it so there's production values let's talk about audio quality I mean, this is a guy doing it all himself, but he obviously cares about the level of it. His voice is always consistent. The music is there, but it's not too high. I think the audio quality is very – this is a super listenable show. I listen to it straight from my phone. I listen to it by headphones. I've listened to it in the car now. You know, I've listened to it even on my stereo. All of those ways sound very, very good, and it is rare. Even a well-done podcast, a well-edited and well-recorded podcast, it is rare that you can listen to it in all those environments and equally – have it be audible and and you know understandable but he he's done a great job here yeah because of all the travel i was able to listen to it you know in the car over the car speakers just from my phone without any earbuds on a plane with earbuds on a train like i listened to it literally everywhere uh so the sound quality is not an issue at all so let's go into the content and this is where we're going to live for a little while this show and we've already referenced unsolved mysteries twice i think that's a pretty good frame of reference not every one of these is a straight-up horror tale or anything like that some of them are just more unnerving or uh you know a little bit interesting uncanny there some of them have a supernatural bent some of them uh, are, are much less supernatural and it's just about horrible people. <laughs> you know, uh, you and I came across an episode where they talk uh, about, uh, you know, an ax murderer in the state of Louisiana, right here in our own backyard yeah. Um, yeah. from the, from the early 1900s. It is, it is a show about the things that go bump in the night and the truth behind those. So I feel like Chris did a great job at the top of the show summarizing what the show is about. But what I really liked, and I don't know if this was planned or if it just fell this way, regardless, I think it's great. So he literally hits like each episode is, is a, is a different horror trope, right? So he starts the first episodes, vampires. Then you get into werewolves, witches, the woods, cemeteries, an episode asylums, like 
he hits everything. Yeah, and that's just in the the 16 episodes that he's already got out there. You know, the tagline on his website is sometimes the truth is more frightening than fiction. And as often as possible, not every episode has a a whole lot of truth that he can get to necessarily or verifiable fact. But when there is verifiable fact, like he brings that to light and he's right. The facts that he gives you, they're every bit as horrible as whatever mythology or, or, you know, imaginary boogeyman that we might have concocted to, to explain away the phenomenon that he's discussing. It is... It is a really well-done show, and and I love the fact that he makes it so bite-sized, too. I understand one reason why he does that is because when you're doing all of this, the research, the recording, the writing, all of it by It's a yourself, lot of work, man. Yeah, it's a tremendous amount of work. That's why he only does you know one every every two weeks. It it takes him – I can't remember if I got this from the Patreon support page or his website. But I'll say he's putting 30 hours into each episode. Think about this. 30 hours of work for about an 18-minute show. Yeah, that's really, really impressive. And but it shows, like it comes through in the or it, or it hears. You know, you can you can really get it in the podcast that all of that time is there in the audio. I I would just say this: one of my favorite things that he does, and he does this awesome uh, often. And as a matter of fact, this is it could be one of my favorite moments. But I'm going to use it here in content because it goes to his writing and the way that he makes these stories so accessible. He often starts a podcast or an episode with one sort of train of thought and then takes a left turn into the main topic. And I think the best example of this comes from episode nine, right at the very beginning. And, and so I'll just play that for you here. In March of 2014, a hiker in Lithuania stumbled upon a warm spring that was melting the ice on a frozen pond. It's not unusual to find things like this, but he was curious. I would be too. The pond was frozen over, but there was a nice window into the still waters beneath. I have to think any one of us would have leaned in for a closer look. When he did, though, he witnessed something that his mind had trouble processing. It appeared to be a living creature. But it was unlike anything he had ever seen. Thankfully, we live in a very connected, very digital age, and he used his phone to take a short video. I have no idea what the creature was, or if it even was a living thing at all, and I'm not going to discuss it today, or tell you more stories about similar sightings, because there aren't any. It was a one-off, a random occurrence that had never happened before, and would probably never happen again. Some stories are like that. Sometimes we bump into something new, with no history or record of events to lend it pedigree or validity. And those stories frustrate me. Other stories, though, go deep. Some legends have been told for centuries. Some creatures have been sighted by hundreds of people over the years. And each new sighting lends credence to its story. Even if it's all made up, or just one big misunderstanding... These layers upon layers of story seem to somehow give life to the creatures they describe. 
first of all, I want to know about that story. Like that that's such a an interesting thing. He's talking about this hitchhiker that that finds the the living creature under the frozen ice that he's never seen before. There's a video. I got to look this thing up. I, I, I didn't, I haven't seen the video yet, but I'm going to go find the video eventually online uh, and get a look at it. I want to know more about that story. And then he tells me an even better story in the episode proper. Like I love it. I love it. That's one of my favorite things that he does that little hook into it. It's a great way to start. And generally each episode again, encompasses encompasses a single trope. But to to demonstrate that he he'll he'll have several stories that he tells. Uh, well, not every episode are there multiple stories, right? Like sometimes he he focuses on really one and follows it all. Yeah, a large a large a large port like the middle the middle of it will be one, but he'll use even even if he's covering just one story, he will use a smaller story to set that one up. Yeah, good call. Yeah, no, I I was thinking about the the werewolf episode called The Beast Within, and the main story is set in 1582 in the German town of Bedburg. But you're right. There are he talks about a lot. He talks about skinwalkers. He talks about the Wendigo yeah. in that episode. He talks about right. all sorts of things. So yeah, good good call. I guess I guess that's true. But the the main story is often so fascinating or so compelling that as you're walking away, that's the only thing you're thinking of. You don't, you don't think about the cruft. You don't think about the craft even of how he puts these things together. You're just thinking about this wonderful tidbit of knowledge or this terrible tidbit of knowledge that you now have that you want to share with somebody. While we're in content, what um, you talked about listening to while you travel. Did you listen to this with your wife? Yeah, yeah. Rachel listened to, uh, to a couple of episodes with me before I left. She loved it. There is so... In general, this podcast is the right kind of creepy, especially for this time of year. So I'm so glad this is the one that we're doing for Halloween. Except he has a habit that that drives me bananas because he does such a good job with, as we've already talked about, scoring the episode with with great music, with with the research, the writing, everything that he does. Except he will break the tension. He will shatter the creepiness by often telling a a horrible dad joke. <laughs> and I've got one for you right now. To dig this hole, they built a small building at the top, which was used to raise and lower hoists to get the debris out, as well as a pump system to remove groundwater. Then each day they would lower a dozen or more crazy Cornish miners, not underage kids, by the way, the other kind of miner, into the hole and set them to work. First of all, that's one of the wor- like the most terrible episodes as far as um, like the actual content. The Bloody Pit is the name of that episode. And it, and it is a horrible, horrible story. It's the second episode, by the way. But there were 200 lives lost during the construction of the tunnel that they're talking about there. And, and it's something that goes on even to today. There are people who say they experience things in that tunnel. There are people who have gone missing in the recent past in that tunnel. And yet, right there in the middle of all of this. Yes, where he does, he sets up. So he does a beautiful job setting it up. Then he tells that joke, which shatters it. Then right after that, that, that horrible joke is... Everything up top collapses. The men that are in the tunnel, it starts to flood. A fire happens up top. Everything falls on these guys. 
people tried to rescue him for a couple hours, isn't working out. So then they just seal they just seal the pit. And then you come to find out that a year later when they uncover the pit to continue the the work, to continue the drilling of it, there's dead bodies in a raft. Yeah, the guys built a raft. They were alive long enough to build a raft out of uh, the scrap that they had and to try to stay afloat in this flooded pit to try to Yeah, so to in live. the middle in the middle of all this great storytelling, I'm not talking about those kind of miners. Well, no no kidding. <laughs> no well, no kidding. And now and now you have taken me you have taken me out of the story with that. And he does it several times. Like he talks about a guy, I think this may be an into the woods joke. I can't remember what episode it comes from, but he's talking about a guy who says, and the description of the beast was uh, short, round, and hairy, which sounds like a guy I went to high school with. <laughs> Drives me bananas when he does it. So let's get into our, our don't miss moments here, because you and I have both got a couple now, I'm going to tell you one, and I'm going to start with this one. This is from episode three, which was the – let's see. That is the um, the Beast Within, the episode that I mentioned earlier about uh, sort of werewolves. And it's, it's right towards the end of the episode. I'm going to go ahead and give you a warning. This is a little graphic. So if you're listening to this podcast with your kids in the car or if you've got a particularly um, – you know, I don't know if, if if you get spooked easily or just don't want to hear about something a little uh, torturous happening. Go ahead and skip ahead about a minute or so, forty five seconds. But the point of this, I think, is really really good, and it's a point that he makes in lots of episodes. You know, the the humans are the real monsters. That's that's sort of the whole thrust of this podcast, I think. But check this out. On October thirty first, fifteen eighty nine, Halloween, mind you, he was given what was thought to be a fair and just punishment. He was strapped, spread eagle and naked, to a large wooden wheel, and then his skin was peeled off with red-hot pinchers. They broke his arms and legs with the blunt end of an axe before finally turning the blade over and chopping off his head. His body was burned at the stake in front of the entire town, and then his torture wheel was mounted on a tall pole topped with the statue of a wolf. On top of that, they placed his severed head. Justice, or just one more example of the cruelty of mankind? Perhaps in the end, we're all really monsters, aren't we? I loved that. I loved that whole that exchange there. He goes through the the full torture, and then he says, "You know, that's the that's the guy that was the bad guy. That guy that we just did all that to. What does it say about us that we did that to someone though? Really interesting, man. And and again, it's a topic that he comes back to a lot. Like the real monsters are us. Yeah, yeah, I know definitely. My favorite moment's going to need a little setup. My dad, since the time I was a child, has always been a storyteller. And he, ha- he he loves horror. And he would tell us like ridiculous, fanciful stories. Like when we took a nap, a little boy would come by and water the tree in our front yard with sugar water. And they would uh, clip, you know, penny candy on the tree. And whenever we would wake up to a child, it looked like the whole tree is just covered in candy. And uh, because we took this nap, the little boy watered the tree and the tree grew candy for us. And if we didn't 
take the nap like we were supposed to. There was a witch in town who made a pact with the community that any child that wasn't taking the nap like they were supposed to, she could snatch up for her cook pot. There were the hide behinds who came out at night and would jump on the back of uh, unsuspected children and uh, and eat them. And you could never find them because when you looked for them, they hide it behind something. <laughs> but, but, but one story that he told, and I could probably pass a lie detector test, that I heard this. And he only told it a handful of times, but it was about uh, a wukalar. And what a wukalar is, is it's a, a small creature that lives next to water so a pond or a lake or a swamp or whatever and what it does is it tries to lure you to the water uh to drown you and we were fishing in the woods at a small pond and it was getting late the sun was going down we had our tackle box our fishing poles we were walking back to the truck and i i swear to god dude from a thicket of bushes I heard a wukalar. And and the reason they were called wukalars is because that's the noise they made. They would go wukalar lar lar. Right? Right. And I swear to God, I heard one. I take off running. I hide on the floorboard of the truck, just hoping this wukalar doesn't follow us. And so I really hadn't thought of that story until from Into the Woods. He tells a very, very similar story, and there's differences, but whenever he, whenever the story's told, I'm like, holy crap, I know what that is. That's a wukalar. And here's the deal, man. On previous podcast, on previous reviews, dude, I don't believe in the fanciful. I don't believe in the paranormal. I don't believe in all that brouhaha, right? I don't believe in astral projection, any of that BS. But whenever I heard this story, man, it took me back. And here it is for you guys. After a moment, Bill began to hear the sound that had frightened his dog. It was a thin, high-pitched voice, faint at first, but growing louder as it continued. And even though Bill couldn't understand what the voice was saying, it kept repeating the same sounds. Iwachu, it seemed to say. It was midnight, in the woods. So, of course, Bill couldn't see anything, but he tried. He scanned the trees and bushes for whatever could be making the sounds. There was even a street light nearby, casting a small circle of pale light on the pavement. But he didn't see anything. And then suddenly, something stepped into the light. According to Bill, it was perhaps four feet tall, covered in hair, walked on two legs like a human, and looked to weigh no more than 100 pounds. It was naked and pot-bellied, and looked nothing like anything Bill had ever seen before in the swamp. And as it stepped out of the trees and into the light, it continued to speak to him. Iwachu, it said again. Kair, Kair. It, that freaked me, man. It freaked me out. That's one of the episodes that I still haven't listened to, and so I, I hadn't heard that before you played me the bit. It's the exact. Like how same close story. is that to the story? 
Yeah, no, it's exactly the same, which is interesting. But, and that's another thing that comes up in a lot of these episodes. You know, he, he's talking about one specific incident or a couple of incidents, but then he will reference dozens of other geographically uh, disconnected, historically disconnected even from different time periods. And yet the reports are the same or very, very similar. Maybe the names are slightly changed because of the local people's, you know, different um, dialect or language. But the the details are the same and that goes for werewolf stories that goes for the little people the you know the episode about um you know sort of like the the whatever you want to call them elves leprechauns yeah. mischievous yeah, he, little people those stories exist all over the world and through all different time periods but yeah man it caught me it caught me completely off guard i jumped back to listen to that part again from the beginning just to make sure i heard what i heard and the thing is is i've never heard anyone else tell a story similar to that, similar to a Wugalar. I've never heard anyone say anything close to it. Uh, and as I got older, I'm like, oh, that's just, you know, a story dad makes up, like the hide of behinds, like the little boy water in the tree. And I've never heard, I've never heard anyone tell a story like that until that episode. It was ridiculously creepy. So I've got one more, and this will be a good one to go out on too, because I think it, again, it's a really... It's one of those like broader takeaways from from this show, even if you're not really into horror. And I don't love horror stories. I don't really love to be scared. I found a lot of good in this podcast because of thoughts like this one. Uh, and it's in, uh, let's see, episode 14, which is called, I'll tell you, it's called The Others, as a matter of fact. And I, I think that's the one that is about the, the little people, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Right towards the end of the episode. It's about 17 minutes, 50 seconds in. He, Aaron, perfectly explains why we invent the others. But then he also makes it creepy again. I love it. It's true. We don't like to be alone. But I think in the process of creating the stories that have kept us company for centuries, humanity has also invented convenient excuses. All of these human-like creatures have acted as a sort of stand-in for human behavior and accountability. In an effort to absolve ourselves from the horrible things we've done, we seem to instinctively invent other beings on which we can set the blame. But what if the others really were there, long before we wove them into our stories? What if they were less an invention and more a co-opting of something we didn't fully understand? Perhaps in our effort to shift the blame, we altered the source material a bit too much. And in doing so, we bury the truth under a mountain of myth. And that's a really good example of what this show does, man. I, we, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Uh, Josh, are you going to keep listening to this show? Yeah, dude, I'm a Patreon supporter. Of course, I'm going to keep listening to the show. Yeah, absolutely. This is what I'm subscribed to. I will be a completionist from now on. Uh, I, I've got two episodes or three episodes, I think, left. I'll listen to those as soon as we get out of Listener Appreciation Month anyway, and I don't have to review a dozen shows. Well, and I'll tell you what I'm going to probably end up doing is I'm going to listen when they come out, but literally like two months before, you know, the leaves start changing, before the weather starts getting cold, before the the nights start getting longer and the days getting shorter. About two months before that happens, I'm going to save up those episodes just so I can listen to them throughout the fall. It's the perfect podcast for the fall. It's the perfect yeah. podcast 
uh, for a dark night, for a stormy night, for for Halloween especially. So glad that Christopher Lupo suggested this one. So glad that Aaron Mankey's out there making it. So your boys are in Boy Scouts. Yeah. Uh, and they've been going on campouts and stuff. Like, dude, how? Yeah, we have. How, like, if you, if they, whenever they get older and are doing these campouts, man, pop on one of those podcasts for the, uh, for the campfire story. Right? Exactly. Like, yeah. it's not even like, don't retell the story. Just let Aaron do it. Just let Aaron exactly. scare, yeah, scare 100%. the mess out of everybody. All right. So that is our review of Lore Podcast. You can find it, as Chris mentioned, at lorepodcast.com. You can subscribe to it in iTunes and all over the place, too. But I, I, we cannot recommend it enough. Go check it out uh, right now. Let's get to a little listener feedback, Josh, because we got some good Ooh. stuff today. So Danny Pena, one of the co-hosts and the creator of Gamertag Radio, uh, he sent us a message. Oh, right actually, on. he posted on our uh, Facebook group, as a matter of fact. He says, thanks for reviewing Gamertag Radio. We had many female co-hosts. One of the things that I mentioned in the show was, you know, in all the episodes that I listened to and in all the episodes you listened to, we hadn't heard any female voices. Not just the co-hosts. But even the callers, he said, we have had many female co-hosts since 2005, but the most recent one left because she got a job at Gameloft. She's actually in the video game industry now. Love the review. Thanks so much. A lot of his co-hosts have gone on to do things like that. Uh, So that's 100% true. And when you have a log of almost 600 episodes, like, yeah, even if 20% of those, 30% of those have a female host, odds are we didn't catch it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And actually, Mandy uh, Paez, or Paez, I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. She's LadyLuck34 on Twitter. She actually tweeted at us. Uh, she said, hey, Always Pod, did you know that I podcasted with Gamertag Radio for about five years? Fun to hear your review. Your review. I said, Danny, let us know that they had previously had a female member. Thanks for listening. Uh, we love the show. Sorry we missed your voice. She said, uh, it was really fun to hear your feedback. Gamertag Radio still has a place in my heart, uh, although I argue with Paris uh, all the time. So a big thank you to Mandy for, for setting us straight. She, she did say, I'm unfortunately old news now that I work in gaming industry. Uh, so unless you'd been yes, listening a year plus or so, uh, you're guaranteed to miss me. But anyway, thanks to Mandy. Thanks to Danny for setting us straight on that. And thanks to all the folks from Gamertag Radio for a great show. We enjoyed that. And, uh, and we're glad we, we were able to update our review uh, with that extra little bit of knowledge. Um, Josh, we've got a few more shows to discuss as uh, we move forward into the rest of Listener Appreciation Month. We've already so talked the about the next four. Yeah, that's right. We've already talked about the first four podcasts we're going to be reviewing, uh, and that starts with "You Don't Meet in an Inn," which is a, a tabletop gaming podcast. Then we're going to be discussing the SpyCast podcast. We're then going to review the VergeCast, which is a technology show from TheVerge.com. And we'll round out our first two weeks, our first four episodes, with DBSR, the Dear Bitches Smart, uh, excuse me, DBSA, Dear Bitches Smart Authors podcast. It's all about romance, uh, romance novels, I should say. I'm, so I'm going to be honest. Uh, I'm sure our listeners and probably you think that that's going to be a podcast I'm not looking forward to. I can't wait to listen to it, to be honest. No, I think it's, I think it's going to be a good show. And, and, uh, as I, you know, emailed back to, um, B who from Liverpool, who sent that in, who suggested it and told her that we were going to be reviewing it. She was very excited that we were going to get to it so quickly. But one of the things that I mentioned to her is it's just so different than, any of the other shows that we reviewed. It's a very different idea. It's a very different topic. And so I'm excited to cover it. So what else are we going to be reviewing though in the month of November, Josh? 
dude, I don't have a clue. I don't have this in front of me. I'm in a hotel in the middle of Minnesota. Our last four reviews for the month of November uh, are going to be the No Sleep Podcast, uh, The Thinking Atheist. Then we're going to talk about Spontaneation with Paul F. Tompkins, and we'll round out the uh, month of November with the Harland Highway. So we'll have two comedy shows to uh, end up the month. I, I, I got to tell you, we should have put a comedy show right after Lord to, to wash out the scary thoughts. So here's something that's brilliant, uh, and it just shows the the crazy web of uh, of of the Potterverse. The No Sleep Podcast, because uh, I knew we were going to review it coming up is also a Patreon supporter of Lore. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right then. I you know, I think I think it's easier to convince a podcaster to join a Patreon or to subscribe to your club or to join your membership or whatever way that you might help to monetize your show uh, and and make a little money, support yourself, keep the lights on so to speak, just because they know how much work goes into it. So like you and me, when you said that you were a, a Patreon supporter for Lore, I was like, of course you are. I, I need to be too. There's so much work put into this podcast, and it's so worthwhile. I can definitely see how somebody else that's already doing their own show would go, yeah, that's one we've got to reward. Uh, so do you know anything about the No Sleep podcast? Uh, I don't know anything about it, uh, but I completely get and understand why someone uh, may not be a Patreon supporter because that is a monthly commitment. Uh, there are ways to do uh, a one-time donation if that's something you want to do. But to me, even more important than than any financial support a listener may give a podcast that they love, uh, I still think the most important way to support a podcast you love is to let them know through through iTunes, through Stitcher reviews, you know, through their email, however you want to reach out to them. Um, let them know, and and if you come to lore through this review, let Aaron know. Absolutely. That's a great idea. That helps us out and it helps Aaron as well. Uh, review the shows that you enjoy wherever you listen to them. It's absolutely a great way to make your favorite podcasters day. Um, all right, Josh. So we've now let the cat out of the bag on our, our full list of reviews for the month of November. All you got to do is sit back. If you're subscribed to the show, however you get them in your favorite podcast app or on iTunes uh, through Stitcher or whatever, you're going to get them two a week from here on out to the end of November. Even if it kills what's your, us. What show are you looking uh, for to uh, reviewing in the month of November. I got to tell you, so, so far I have listened to the verge cast. I've listened to, you don't meet in an inn and I've listened to. So Spycast. before you listen, before you listened to them, when we just went through our, our, our listener generated list, which one were you looking forward to the most? You don't meet in an inn was at really? the top of my, Man. yeah, <clears throat> I was really looking forward to that. I, I listened to a couple of Dungeons and Dragons podcasts. I don't, I haven't listened. This one is not a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I sort of um, uh, imagine that it was, but it's not. It's a, it's a, it's a general tabletop gaming RPG. podcast. Yep. Yeah. Tabletop gaming podcast. But I was very excited to hear how somebody else does it. I thought it was a very clever title as well. And so I thought, okay, well, that's going to be a, a fun one. Um, now that I've listened to those three, at least, I got to tell you, I can't wait to talk about the Spycast podcast with you. I think there's, 
there's a lot of really good information in that one. It's not as entertaining as many of the podcasts that we've uh, reviewed before, as far as like it's a very it's very dense. It's a tremendous amount of information. Way to way to, way to sink that ship before we get to the review. <laughs> yeah, no, but the what I mean by that is that it's not. Um, it's not fluff at all. Like it doesn't, it, it comes off almost like a college class, you know? I mean, it's like you're oh, surveying cool, right the, the world of spying as opposed to um, just hearing a, some interesting spy stories. But so that one's one that I'm very much looking forward to. And I got to tell you too. If you laid out those eight podcasts and you said, Hey, if you, if you would have said, Hey Josh, which one of these eight podcasts do you think I'm most excited to review? I would have picked the Verge cast hands down if for no other reason you're finally getting me to listen to a tech podcast. <laughs> uh, it's only taken a year and a half. Here's what's interesting. I was not looking forward to the Verge cast because I, oh, I, really? I know the website, the Verge, and I like the website. I think they're a, a very good tech website. But I've got lots of tech shows that I already like and listen to, and I, I have never listened to the Verge cast. I know that it exists, but I thought – Oh, it's going to be too surface level for me. I'm not going to enjoy that. But they've got a really interesting style. It's very conversational, and it brings a lot to it. The, the I've only listened to one episode so far, but the the personalities are very entertaining and and interesting and likable. And so I think that one's going to be one that that we're both actually going to enjoy. So I'm looking forward to that one too. Right on. I'm looking forward to the whole month. I hope you are as well. And uh, thanks. Thanks for sticking with us. And this is all about you. We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear what you think about these shows. Listen to the shows ahead of time if you'd like. At least get an episode or two in so that you can have your own opinions before you come and listen to what we think about them. Uh, that's a great way to do especially for the month of November, for Listener Appreciation Month. And nothing makes you feel better than listening to an episode before we do listening to a podcast before we do then listening to our view and then sending us an email telling us how wrong we are <laughs> absolutely send that in an email don't write a review uh to tell us how wrong we are <laughs> all right josh uh let's let's wrap this one up and get out of here a big thanks to aaron mankey for the lore podcast a big thanks to christopher lupo for suggesting it we will be back uh, next week on monday and then on wednesday as well with our review of You Don't Meet in an Inn and of uh, the SpyCast podcast. That's coming up next week here on Always Listening. Until next time, we've been your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And we are Always Listening. Always Listening is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find more great reviews and our full list of episodes by searching for Always Listening in iTunes or Stitcher. Or go to blogtalkradio.com slash alwayslisteningpod. Find us on Facebook and Twitter as well, Always Listening Pod, and email the show, alwayslisteningpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Enough by Bethany Rayburn.
two guys and a rogue. I'm one guy. I'm the other. And this is The Network.